Not an old woman. I just have sciatica. You're wearing a Ukrainian scarf. It's not. It's like a fashion <laughs> scarf. I don't know what that means. Look at me. I see you. I dress like a like I just picked up Tony Hawk's pro skater. What am I, a babushka? <laughs> no, it's not on your head. Mm. But it seems like some of it should be. And like you're bringing like a bread to somebody to the to the yeah, you're fireside. A I brought you sticks. <laughs> oh, thanks, Lauren. That's so sweet. <laughs> just, just you wait till Krampus knocked. Welcome to the NEPA Scene Podcast. This is episode 39. We're coming to you from the Stude at 258 Studios in Scranton. Uh, I'm Rich Howells. I'm the founder and editor of NEPA Scene. I'm Mark. I run 25 Ocho. Why did you do that? I don't know why I did that. It's 258 Studios and 258 Productions that you run. I, okay. <laughs> I'm Lauren Carolico. Well, she told you. I'm Lauren Carolico. No, No kidding. I am the content and commercial strategist at Lavelle Strategy Group in Scranton, Pennsylvania. You you seriously like verbally smacked me down there. Just letting you know. Why are you doing the fire marshal bill? I'm not. I assure you. <laughs> that's not what's happening. All right, moving on. Yes. Uh, so let's see. What do we got going on on the site? Um, a bunch of bunch of concert announcements, uh, as we usually do on on Mondays. It seems like uh, they all come rushing in. Oh, that's not like a, a planned thing. No, it's it's just I just get a lot of releases on Mondays, uh, saying you know that this we're we're announcing this or that or whatever. So it just just kind of happens that way, which which works out for us. Mondays must suck for you. <laughs> I get bombarded. Really, <laughs> it's it's constant. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's, uh, Tony Bennett is coming to uh, Sands Bethlehem Event Center. Frank Sinatra said he had the best voice he ever heard. Hmm. I don't know why that's relevant, but you're welcome. <laughs> we had, we had well we had Frank Sinatra news last week, so there you go. Apropos, yeah, uh, they had a couple different uh, announcements. Uh, uh, comedian uh, S- Sebastian uh, Mansicalo, which I've I've never heard of him, but I I, I did look him up and I I thought he was he was pretty funny. He's got the whole uh, you know Italian guy go- thing going, and you know? oh boy, yeah, yeah. Um, also, uh, uh, Aaron Lewis from uh, Stained. He's going to be doing his uh, country music oh. at uh, the Bethlehem. Isn't that weird? No, I, I don't find that weird at all. I think it makes perfect sense. I know, but it's like, it's weird. No. Have you ever listened to Stained? Yes. Doesn't it make sense? No. Why not? Oh, my goodness. Not like first album Stained, but everything after that, I could see where he, where he's, where he was going with that. I don't, I don't like this cross genre stuff. <laughs> I don't. I just don't like it. It's just weird to me. Like if Tool went country, well, Pussifer kind of. Yeah, I yeah. mean, he just kind of does whatever he wants with that. Yeah, I guess. Mila Jovovich. Yeah, I saw that show at the Staples Center. Don't be genreist. I am. You know what I am. You are. And I have to stop that. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a problem. It's a new problem. It's a new thing to get begrudged about. Is that a right word? Did I say a new right? new first world problem? I'm gonna introduce right. you to my Norwegian bluegrass genreist, right? Yeah. Okay. And you'll like my Norwegian bluegrass music. Why? Because it's awesome. And then you will no Subjective. longer you will no longer be a genreist. I'm trying not to be. All right. <laughs> After Aaron Lewis yes. comes Justin Timberlake kicking ass at the CMTs. As <laughs> 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 I'm like genreist going, JT was awesome at the CMTs. It's a hard life, Lauren. So anyway, there's a, a comedy show at the uh, at Everything Natural, which I thought was interesting, in Clark hmm. Summit. Really? Yes, uh, because they're they're raising money to buy a tractor for. Oh, uh, I saw this. Uh, Indracolica uh, Animal Sanctuary, which is really cool. That's I'm all really right nice that. that they uh, that they do that. So that sh- that should be cool. Uh, Ron White, the uh, from the Blue Collar Comedy Tour. I think a lot of people, you know, remember him as probably the only guy who does Tater Salad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he, do, he doesn't stick to uh, some kind of shtick that involves rednecks or whatever. Uh, I think I think he's probably the funniest one out of out of the three of them. Um, he he's coming to the Kirby Center again. There's four. Is there four of them? It's Jeff Foxworthy, uh-huh. Bill Engvall, uh, Larry the Cable Guy. 
and oh, see, I was I was forgetting way. Larry the Cable Guy completely because I just don't even consider him remotely funny. So I guess that's why he can be funny. Like he's funny when he's not doing like his shtick. Yeah, he's actually he's funnier. Funny. Hmm. Interestingly, continue. But he'll be at the Kirby Center on uh, January twenty eighth. Oh, sweet! He was there before, and he, uh, I've you know heard he's very, he was very good. Um, I, I thought this was interesting. Philadelphia was named the uh, best city for live music. Um, as by they're this. closing venues. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the, that's the other thing is, is I guess, you know, they're, they're closing some venues and then other venues, you know, are, uh, you know, opening up there's, there's bigger, they, they have, uh, bigger venues now that are competing with, uh, the electric factory and things like that. So I, I, th- I think there's, there's definitely, uh, there's a lot of music going on there. You know, I, I think in terms of, if you're talking about, uh, you know, up and coming bands and things like that. There's a lot of good stuff coming out of Philly right now in that general area. So I just I mean, don't send your robot there. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Someone broke my nose at the Chocadero once. <laughs> could, we, could we please put a pin in that? Yeah. <laughs> and come back to it at some episode down the road yeah. to hear that, <laughs> that story. story? Yeah. yeah. Is that the, is that the, is that, and then you got to tell us the one about where you slept under the food cart or whatever. Oh, that was in uh, Birch Hill. Yeah. Okay. So you broke your t- <laughs> okay. Keep going. I took uh, a nap on a poster. I bet you did. Uh, Corey Wolf is is back. Uh, he hasn't done a column for us in a while. Well, because so. he thinks he's a world traveler. And he's I know he's Europe all over the place. Engaged. Seriously, in front of the Swiss Alps. Congratulations to him, by the way. He's uh, a lovely man with a lovely fiance. Yes, and uh, he has a new article uh, on the site uh, for his his column, uh, putting in work, uh, which is you know focused on uh, music and business uh, about the uh, the truth behind uh, streaming music and artist payouts. Because you hear you see a lot of these viral articles, and I, I've seen I've read quite a few, and uh, from artists saying you know hey we you know, we should have a million dollars from this song and, you know, these, these streaming sites have ripped us off and, you know, we made five bucks or something like that, you know. You signed the contract. And, you know, what, what he talks about in the article, which I thought was interesting is, is yeah, it's, it's a lot of it has to do with, you know, if you're an independent artist, then you're, you're going to make money from streaming music if you do, if you're successful. But obviously the more people that you hire, the more people you get involved, whether it be record companies or, you know, uh, you know, people who promote mm. you or whatever else, they're going to take their cut. And that's where it's, it's coming issue. in. Yes, exactly. I saw an article once, um, and it was a it was a it was a cost breakdown because at the time it was the biggest sum of money paid to an actor and it was Arnold Schwarzenegger for Terminator Three Rise of the Machines. We won't talk about the film, but he got paid thirty million for that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. after he pays everybody else out, he walks away with like seven. Jeez. Mm. So just to give perspective, it's like 60% of his income. Right. It, ta- it takes money to make money. It's yeah. basically the, the lesson of, of these. So he had to ask damage. for all that money in order to, to in order to get to the seven. Do it. Right. Yeah. Right. Isn't that a thing? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that situation is actually kind of similar to how it was before there was even really the streaming model. You're paying people to process and put stuff on. Well, I think anyway. I think the problem is, and we talked to Corey about this before, and I haven't read his article because I keep down. Well, I'm going to ask him to tell me about it. That's <laughs> cheating. He's here. Mark. Well, then it's I can get more in depth. It's like the director's commentary, but with Corey. Um, I don't think I. I think I think when everything went digital, it's like where's these costs coming from? Mm, and I think everybody that, assumes. Yeah. You got to pay for servers to host it. You have to pay for IT people to take care of it. You also have to market it and get a lawyer and right. all this stuff. I didn't read his article, so I don't even know okay. if I'm hitting on topics that he, he hit. Anyway, but. what else is going on? There's a, a, a casting call for Survivor at uh, Mohegan Sun in Wilkes-Bear <laughs> on December 15th. Lauren, get ready. I was, you know, I think I just commented on that. Did I? I think I did. I'm not sure. I Should I? Should I attempt? You it should. seems like something absolutely ridiculous that you would do. That uh, or Cake I, Boss. I know. I, w- I don't belong <laughs> on Cake Boss. I can't bake. I tried yesterday. It, yeah, but just to be one of those people. No, I would I would try for I've never seen Survivor or is this Survivor? Yes. Yes. I've never seen Survivor, but I feel like that's the kind of show I could get behind. It would give me something to work towards. It's like, okay, well now I'm going to start doing 100 push-ups and pull-ups a day just so I can hang you know off what? the ledge. There's a there's a real wide variety of people on that show. Mm. I watched the first year. I don't even know what season they're in right now. 
Oh, it was a long time ago. Isn't like half the game trying not to I get remember, voted off? I want to say it's like 16 or 17 seasons in now, I think. Wow. Like it's it's been a long Lauren, time. Lauren, you should do that. Everybody would vote me off on the first episode. They No, because here's what it is. You have to make loyalties with people even you hate. Mm. Because the point is, is to get them to the end. No, they'll hate you. Oh, why? Because huh? you're difficult. So then they get, so then they, they make allegiances with you. And then they're, it's total you know, backstabbing, mm. but you don't realize it because you're lived in the, you're living in the bubble of I, survivor. I am completely oblivious to people that hate me. I don't hate you. I mean, Rich might, but I don't. Rich doesn't. I really shouldn't talk for people. And what else after Survivor? <laughs> we also have a, uh, a concert review of uh, Postmodern Jukebox. Uh, we're at uh, Lackawanna College. Oh, did you go to that? I did not. Uh, Chris Hughes did, though. Oh, did he? Yeah, he checked it out, and uh, he wrote us a really good review. Uh, that's pretty thorough. Did he like it, though? Yeah, he enjoyed it a lot. He said, "He said, you know, uh, he, he said right up front, to be honest, I'm a little, you know, you're skeptical of anything where uh, somebody says they're a YouTube hit or a YouTube <laughs> sensation. Because, I mean, just that, the terminology alone, you're just like, oh, you know, yeah. when you see some of the stuff that, that goes viral on, on like YouTube, or it's like, oh, come on, you know. But, right. you know, these people are legitimately very well, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're uh, very well trained. They're, there's great singers uh they have dancing as well um they they get all dressed up in the the flapper outfits and the old school you know 1920s so and 30s they took it to the next level stuff. after youtube yeah yeah they really brought it out to to a, a, a it's a real live show you know and and, and they they delivered on that, that so fun yeah yeah it uh, seemed like it was a really good time and everybody that i know that went uh had, had a lot of fun and of course, uh, you know, I, I was at, uh, you know, Scranton Comic Con on Sunday. So I took some pictures from that. So we'll definitely have some, some pictures from, uh, I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Most people don't, you know, it's, it's a, it's this, it, it's a small little convention. It's really more for, you know, the, 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 the real hardcore comic fans that, you know, want to get some deals on some comics and, you know, they don't have a ton of guests. Um, the guests that they do have are, are nice people. They're all, you know, mostly independent artists or freelance artists, things like that. And, um, they, they only do it maybe once or twice a year and it's, it's fun, but it's not very well publicized. I will say that you do, you don't hear very much about it. You don't see a lot of press about it. You don't see a lot, you know, there's, there's no, uh, there's no billboards or cover stories about the, about what they do. So, um, why not? I don't know. I don't know. You just don't hear much about it. I mean, I, I honestly, uh, I don't think they even posted who the artists were until, you know, right before, like, like maybe a week before the, 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 the show. But, uh, but when we posted on the site, a lot of people are like, there's a Scranton comic con. I've never even heard of this, but well, I mean, they, they might get it confused with what San Diego. Is. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, and, and you can't go in with those kind of expectations cause it's definitely a, a small event, but I, I, I hope that, you know, something like that would grow into something, something bigger someday, you know, cause I, I think what they do is great. You know, I, I'm definitely not knocking anybody involved cause it's, it's, it's a fun event, but it's definitely for, uh, you know, fans Hard of the actual the, the actual comic books. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If you're going there, like a lot of the 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 bigger mainstream conventions are more for people who are just into pop culture in general. You know, they they've seen the TV shows or the movies. They they go and they can enjoy themselves. Uh, you know, this you're not really going to have. You know, uh, uh, you know, big big name guests come flying in or anything like that. But do people, bandwagoners. Do people dress up for this cosplay. Some do. Yeah, they're not many. Not but as, I was hoping for. for for more obviously like, for for pictures it, you know is it like one of those conventions where it's like hey we're having a comic con and the one cosplayer in town walks in and is like like the doors open and like oh yeah like the slow step <laughs> yeah. backwards pretty, pretty much yeah yeah well next time oh. there's one i'll come i'll dress as the female of the species okay what the hell is that she's from the boys no clue mm. i thought i was good on all this stuff but no i'm not I guess I'm not a nerd. I, I will lend you my... No, I don't read. It's graphic <laughs> novels, Mark. Still, there's words. It's really difficult for me. Swear One of God. the main characters... Even Frank Miller's thing. I tried reading that. Couldn't do it. What? I don't know why. Are Can't you read, serious? Even though there's panels. Words. Simon Pegg. You like Simon Pegg? I do like Simon Pegg. He's a character. That doesn't mean he writes it. No, but he endorsed it. And if they ever make it into a movie, he will play his own character. Because it's him. Because it's him. I hope so. If his he's, name was... He's Wee like, Huey. Wee Huey is his name. What? Who? Wee Huey. His girlfriend. One more time. His Wee Huey. Okay. 
I didn't know you read that. That's it's, oh, a, it's yeah. a good book. I have I have the entire series. She on likes my show. she likes Norwegian bluegrass. How could she not read? That's that? true. It's yeah. That's a good point. He's a hamster, and his girlfriend got killed by a train. That was wow. Mm. I can I I just summed up the whole series. That's it. That's all you have to know. Now read it. Like the A train or like a character named Don't A train. Don't worry about it. Just read it. Like is it an elevated Chicago train or Do we know when the next Comic-Con is? Uh no, they haven't announced a okay. date for that yet. Well, so. I'll keep I'll keep my eye out. Well, let's on, do our best to push it. On the, on yeah. the on Facebook. <laughs> Where and how we matter. We'll do that. Is that it, man? Yep. Uh, tom- uh Tuesday <laughs> is the last NEPA scenes got talent of the season. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Uh, no, 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 but that's not the finals. It, the finals will be December 1st. So uh, please come out to the, the finals. Uh, the finals so that, is going to so be two weeks from now, right? That'll be two weeks. Yep. And tomorrow's the last opportunity to be part of the finals, is it not? Absolutely. Are you surprised this season? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, my, my big worry going in was that um, we would have a lot of the same people from the last season. And, uh, you know, just, just the way the schedules and things work out, uh, you know, a lot of those people either were back in school or teaching or doing this or that or whatever. Mm-hmm. So uh, we had a lot of younger people come out this time. And I th- the young people really surprised everybody. I, th- I mean, they're, I would say about half of the winners are all, uh, you know, kids who are underage, you know, who, who came with their parents or something like that. Do you have your favorite? You don't have to tell anybody. I'm just wondering if you have a favorite. No, you know, I don't I don't really I don't look at it in that sense. No, but like like ooh, that one. You know, I, I think I think there's there's uh definitely I mean it more in a way of something that surprised you. Uh, yeah. you know what I, I was I was surprised by um now obvi- the majority this season uh ended up being musicians. But I was just surprised by uh, the variety in in terms of what what different kinds of musicians won. So it wasn't it's not one of those things where it's like okay, well this is a bar where people listen to rock music, so then it's all going to be rock. You know, like there's you know two drummers have separately won. You know, one is a young kid and one's a, a, a guy around our age who's who's more. Uh, you know, experience, and he does more of like a like a stomp sort of thing, where he's playing on pots and pans and drums and stuff like that. And the other kid is, you know, he he plays with his his mentor, and they do kind of a drum off thing, kind of like how Godsmack does their their big drum off thing. Uh, oh, I've at, seen, at yeah, yeah, I've seen that, yeah, yeah. So uh, it's very similar to 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 that sort of vibe, and and just um. And then, you know, all, all the other musicians in general, you know, so you have, uh, you know, punk rock and acoustic rock and blues rock. And there's just so many different, uh, you know, there, there's a, I mean, there's a girl with a ukulele, you know, like right, you know, right next to like Tiny Tim. <laughs> I'm so happy. Happy go lucky me. Things that bother you never bother me. I now have my new ringtone. <laughs> Lauren, you need to you need to come and, and, and do my tiny Tim impersonation. Yes, absolutely. I don't have a ukulele. I think though. you'll qualify. Oh man, I'll I'll, I'll call up. Uh, I'll play that in a Mr. Bungle song. I'll be set. Yeah, done. <laughs> I'm actually prepared. I have I was preparing Retro Vertigo for if I ever had to perform in public. On the off chance On that you would be chance. called upon by your country to to play in public. <laughs> Sit back Lauren, there. it's the president. We need you. Yeah. Oh. We need you to play Mr. Bungle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, you want to get to the guest? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we are joined this evening by the representatives of Diva Productions at the Old Brick Theater. And I'd like to introduce Paige and Bob Belitsky and Helen Lavelle. Yay! If you guys would go down the line and just say a little bit about what you do at the theater. Alrighty, I guess we'll start with me. Um, I am the artistic director and managing director of the theater. So my responsibilities are everything on the stage and off the stage. Except for me, I'm the technical <laughs> technical director. You know, I do the lights and sound stuff and special effects if they're called on. Is there explosions? Oh, yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> A flash. flash. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. And I'm Helen Lavelle, and my role with Diva Productions is basically I, I assist both Paige and Bob with some creative advising on on uh, 
uh, content on community events that we hold at the theater. And every once in a while, I get on the stage. I think keep I going. should I should add that uh, Helen is my fearless leader and my uh, my boss at Lavelle Strategy Group. So watch what you say. <laughs> <laughs> so I have the pleasure of working uh, with this this woman every day. So I'm glad that she could be here tonight. I'm thrilled to be here, Lauren. And I've known you. Do you know I've I've known you guys since uh, Adams. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That was a wonderful spot. It was a wonderful spot. It is a wonderful spot. Do you know what happened? I used to, we had to carry all these uh, all this gear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, where's the elevator? Yeah, my we, back is broken. Yeah, we did that for almost ten years, up and down those stairs. So how'd you guys get started there? Oh wow! Like, no, let, let's even go back even further. How okay. did you? How did? How did? What's what's kind of like the the, the elevator? Yeah. What, how do we get Diva. to where we are right now? Well, when uh, Bob got transferred here and we left a huge theater and a theater company in Rhode Island, uh, I was kind of lost for the first year I was here. And I kept thinking, you know, I really need a building. I really need a building. And someone said to me, there's a theater above Leonard's Hardware Store. And the very next day I was there. Absolutely. It was that quick? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so within, I think when we first opened, we were here about two and a half years. So. Because it, it was. And what year was that? Uh, we got here in. Oh boy, let's 91? see. Yeah, you were here in ninety one. I came in ninety three. The end of ninety three. From Rhode Island. Mm hmm. Yep. Wow. And we opened the theater in uh, October of ninety seven. But eighteen months before that, we were doing renovations. Oh my God! It, it didn't take that long. Yeah. Get out of here. Oh yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. What was that before? Empty. <laughs> <laughs> it was empty for 20 years um, when we took it over. Uh, prior to that, it was the Knights of Columbus. Prior to that, it was uh, uh, a called, house. It was a vaudeville was it house really? called Casino Hall, uh, which was the Liederkranz organization. Is that the same one that's on in Lackawanna? Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. That was a big... That was a big place for the Liederkranz then. Yeah. It, it was very different though. The organization um, basically used the space for uh, singing uh, voices and they had parties there. And of course, uh, you know how beautiful the bar was. So there was always yeah. activity. Because yeah. that's all what? Like it's, it's uh, what's it finished with? It's like this old, it's like metal, isn't it? The bar and like when you go up to the top of the stairs, wasn't it like a brass or something like that? I was I was in there like a year ago. Okay. Well, the bar is uh, mahogany. Oh well, then I'm totally wrong because I don't understand the and difference between wood and metal. Coming up the stairwell, there <laughs> are. He's thinking of the lobby. Are you thinking of the lobby? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, the hallway coming up the stairs. Yeah. Into the lobby is all marble. Marble lined. Yeah. Mm -hmm. God, that was amazing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So then, building. so then, how did we get to where we're at now? Well, when the building was sold and they didn't renew our lease, we had to find a new place and we were gypsies for years. Uh, we pretty much would play on any space that anyone said, hey, you can put up a set here. And we did that for quite a few years. And then we were fortunate enough to get a church hall and we were there for three years. And um, Which one was that? The Chinchilla Methodist Church. Up on Layton Road? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they were well, very right generous my parents to us. House. Yeah. yeah, very generous. I saw Frost Nixon up there with that's you. That's right. Yes, I did. Yeah. That was a great show. Yeah, he was really good. Mm -hmm. And then one day I got a phone call, um, you probably know, from K.K. Gordon. And uh, he left a message on my machine at home. And all he said was, you need to call Dr. Menora. That was it. Cryptic. <laughs> and I thought. Am I ill? <laughs> well, I knew who Barry Menorah was, but I thought, oh, okay. So I did call. And of course, I got an answering machine and I just said, hey, you know, this is Paige. I'm returning your call. And he called me back and said, can you and Bob come in and, and have a conversation with us? And I said, sure. So we went in on his lunch break and uh, Barry told us that he was, um, you know, really not... Uh, happy with the way and the direction that the theater was going in and would we be interested in running the old brick? And uh, we played coy for about, oh, I don't know, three seconds. And we said, <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then we had several meetings and we talked philosophy because I believe that if you're going to be in a space, you have to respect what the space is. The space will tell you 
what it needs, what should be on the stage. And the doc's philosophy and our philosophy was pretty much the same. So we got our keys two years ago, January the 3rd. And three weeks later, we had our first show up. And that's what I went to that, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, you did, Mark. Yeah, was One well that, was, that was all the shorts, wasn't yep. it? Yep. Mm-hmm. One X. Yep. And, and you know my... So how did you get involved? Well, it's... And how int- long ago? It's interesting that Paige and Bob are giving you this history lesson, Mark, because I think I was one of the first Scranton greeters to this fabulous couple because you know... Oh, back when you guys came from Rhode Island. Yeah. And you know as well as I do that when we spot talent, any one of us in this room, that we want to keep them here and we want everybody to get <laughs> excited about them. And I knew immediately as soon as I met Paige and Bob that this was a... Uh, uh, an organization that I wanted to support personally. So I performed in plays at the original Diva Theater. And um, it's interesting because while you were telling the story, I'm thinking, oh my God, you know, if, if you ever saw the work that this couple put into this community, as far as the arts is concerned, it went way beyond the building. And that's why Diva is so successful today because the reputation has followed uh, the commitment. And, you know, I just love that. I love that. I love that you're here. Thank you again. I tell them all the time. I, we, I just Look at how humble you guys are. They are. They, they won't say it themselves, so no. I'm saying it. Diva is actually a 501c3, mm-hmm. and you do go out of your way to, to bring a lot of opportunities for the community to get involved in arts in theater and all sorts of uh, all these outreach, these these creative ways for them to express themselves. Tell us a little bit more about some of the opportunities that you that you have for the community. Well, one of the things that we have always done, even when we were in Rhode Island, um, it's very important when you have a building and you have people that are there to help you that you open your doors and let other folks come in. Um, An artist is an artist is an artist. It doesn't matter whether they paint, draw, play an instrument, uh, work on the stage. It doesn't matter. So when someone needs a space, if we can do it, we say, you know, come on in. And and they do. And it's been wonderful for us because it gets artists in our building that, first of all, really don't have a place to go. Um, They want to show their talent. And it brings their supporters in who are always saying things like, wow, I didn't know this was here. This is wonderful. Um, what are you doing for a play? And then they become patrons. So it, it, it always benefits us and it doesn't have to be money. And we have a strong tradition in uh, original works. Uh, we've done a number of originals that over the over the few years we, we've been in there, and uh, it, it is it is awesome the way these shows turn out. They've been Broadway ready, and we've been very fortunate with the people we've been working with. Does it does it how does that how does that work when it comes to programming? Does it become difficult? Because you know if if you're like if you're oh we're gonna put on the you know death of a salesman everyone knows that. Uh-huh. But if you're going to do original programming, uh-huh. I mean, is it is the community more because supportive? of because of well because of the the respect that you guys have earned over the years? I mean, are they more supportive to come out to those originals that you guys put on? Or, or? I think we have something very special in, in this area. We have the next generation of actors, actresses, directors, producers Writers. who support. Everyone, if if we say we're doing an original production, we just did one not long ago with Jeff Bohm, um, the place was packed. Everybody knows Jeff. Uh, they, they respect his work, but these young folks want to learn. They want to be part of it. And they know, and we solicit them. We go out and say, are you writing something? If you are, send it to us. And so, you, we, so you take unsolicited work all the absolutely. time? Absolutely. All the time, yeah, and we ha- do have those one acts every every January, a one act festival, a weekend of one acts every January. And Rich, can, you can probably attest to this. I mean, especially since starting NEPA scene, where it was, you know, where you see musicians and poets and you know groups that never really that we weren't aware of meshing together. Where now you you're doing that in the same kind of carrying the tradition of of trying to do that. 
Yeah, I mean, because you guys host the synesthesia socials and things like that, mm-hmm. where you know you have uh, those those different kinds of artists working together. And I, I I like that you guys are willing to take chances on stuff that maybe uh, other venues wouldn't. You know, like I see a lot of stuff like uh, Behanding in Spokane. I actually yes. saw that when uh, Christopher Walken was doing it on an off Broadway thing, <laughs> and I thought it, I thought it was amazing. It was a great show, but it you know it was it was a small show that not a lot of people talked about. So when I you know when I saw it pop up here. I'm like, no one else would have the guts to do that. <laughs> like that show alone, you know, just just the the uh, the language and the subject matter and things like that. And I think that kind of extends to a lot of the shows that you do. I mean, is 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 that you know that's on purpose? I, I would think. Yeah, it is. But we have to we have to say that it, it's not just yes. We like that. We believe in an artist and giving them all the freedom that they need to have. But if it wasn't for Dr. Barry Menorah being so open and generous with us, you know, people who have buildings, they have bills to pay. And Dr. Menorah, one of his um, wishes for the building was that we would nurture artists. Mm -hmm. And we had already had that in our repertoire. And so it was a, it was a, a no brainer. You know, we just, we love doing original works and we don't censor, you know, this is, and we tell people this is adult theater. You know, if you want to go see a toe tapping musical, that's wonderful. Cause I like that too, but you're not going to see that here. Do they have adult toe tapping musicals? <laughs> you know, just as I was saying that, I thought, Oh, I think I just shot myself in the foot because I'm working with someone right now who, who wrote an original musical. Um, and we all know him. Mr. Tim McDermott. Um, and, uh, Did he really write a musical? Yeah. That's awesome. Um, Sarah and Tim wrote um, uh, a musical called Spectorettes, and it was at- That was just a French. Mm-hmm, French. And yeah. we'd, like, we'd like to bring it to the theater. I wasn't. A, I was out of town for the Fringe. Did you go? Did you? Yes, did you it, see it? It was wonderful. Yeah, it was a great show. Because I know yep. Liz was. Liz had her play. Yep, I saw Liz's play, yep. and it I was phenomenal. I wanted to see moments. it so bad. It and, was really good. And and there's a perfect example. Liz Narrow has always wanted to write, and we kept saying to her, "Write, do it." And when you think you need to hear it, we would set up a night where we'd get the actress in. Everybody sits around the table. We all read her work. She gets to hear other voices say her words, and she goes and rewrites. We've already done, um, let's see, one already at the theater and, and possibly another one. So how did you get to um, The Lion in Winter? <sighs> the Lion in Winter. Well, it's a show that a lot of people don't do. Right. Because it's not an easy show. Um, and, you know, it's set in 1183, so costuming can be a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, Ollie's doesn't really have the wardrobe. No, <laughs> they don't. But thank God, um, other theater companies stepped up and let us borrow pieces. And uh, Jim at Taney's was just absolutely He's awesome. He is awesome. He's an awesome guy. And we brought the cast in and we mixed and matched and pulled from here. And he even created some stuff. They they, uh, changed some of the costuming to meet our needs. And we are set and ready to go. He's such a giving dude. He is very... Like he's, he's done some shoots here and he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, whatever you need. And I'm yep. like, well, we don't have a budget. He's like, ah, budgets. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what? Who mm-hmm. are you? The first thing he said to me was, you know, um, I'll keep this as low as I can for you. I said, Jim, you have to make money too. Yeah, he's just so yeah. generous and it's mm-hmm. like, it's incredible. So who's, so who's in the, who's in the cast? Who's directing? Who's. Okay. Uh, the director is Paul Gallo. And I do have to say that Paul has wanted to do the show for many, many years. And uh, like I said, you know, it's, it's a tough show to, to sell. I mean. Uh, people, Why is it so tough though? I, uh, people hear automatically that it is, um, uh, it takes place in 11, uh, 1183 and it's uh, uh, King Henry and Eleanor of Aquitaine and, and people glaze over. People are concerned they're going to get a history lesson. Yeah, and, it, and it's not. I mean, and it's it, not. No, it's, it's funny. It's, it's a it's very a comedy. funny show. And the dialogue is somewhat anachronistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it's like you could be watching uh, a sitcom on TV or more like, you know, like a, a House of Cards or, or a right. series like that. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that a movie with Richard Harris? Yeah. Yeah, it was a movie. No. Catherine Hepburn. No, no. Catherine and Hepburn. Peter O'Toole. Peter O'Toole. Oh, it was Peter O'Toole. Mm-hmm. And then it was remade with Glenn Close and Patrick Stewart. Mm-hmm. 
Captain Picard? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Make it so number one. Who did a phenomenal job, mm-hmm. by the way. Do you watch his blunt talk? I can't, it's really out there, isn't it? Oh, he's just hes just like, I've made, I've done everything I can, and yeah. now I'm just going to be as outrageous as possible. And you know what? You get to a point in your life where you do what you want to do. I listened to a podcast with him like two mm-hmm. weeks ago. Mm-hmm. He's just like, gloves are off. I, you know, yeah. I live a wonderful life. I'm so happy and grateful. And I'm just going to do what proof. I, nothing. Absolutely nothing. nothing. That's and right. I remember him from Dune. Oh, oh wow. Yes. Yeah, right. I do too. Mm-hmm. Wadib. Well, all he has to do is, uh, you know, show up in an X-Men film for 10 minutes, touch his forehead, and then he's <laughs> he's made a couple more millions. So, right. you know, he could pretty much do artistically anything that he wants. But here's a guy who's like every decade has done, has, mm-hmm. is, is staying mm-hmm. relevant. He's, and yeah, he's being... phenomenal. He's, he's such a good actor. And, well, so, he's a good actor because he's a trained stage actor. Yep. Yeah. Well, him and Ian McKellen are, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. buddies. old buddies. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So what are you doing? Yeah. Could you, you talk about your role a little bit? I'm playing Eleanor of Aquitaine, and what a challenge she is. She's, <laughs> yeah, she's something else. The thing that I love about the show and about her is that this could actually be taking place anywhere right now in in Scranton, Pennsylvania, and we are talking, or as Bob said, the House House of Cards. It's it's that kind of um, intrigue, uh, intrigue and challenge and strategy, and she is something else. Is all I could tell you, Rich. She's out of her mind. She's out of her mind, but she's not. She's uh, um, she's brilliant. She is, and she wants her son Richard to be the king, and she will have him be king. However, Richard, who is being played by Bob. No, no Henry. Henry. I'm sorry. King Henry. Henry. King Henry. England had a lot of kings. Yeah. <laughs> so I apologize for that. Henry II, right? Yeah, it's Henry II. Yes, exactly. Henry wants John. The, my youngest son. The youngest son. Oh, so this is all Game of Thrones stuff. Oh, it's, oh, it's very it's much. Totally. It's it, and what, absolutely. What, amaz- what, what, what brought me to really appreciate the show is the, the confluence of all these uh, people that we've heard of history, you know, we have Richard Lionheart, had Richard, my son, they had uh, um, uh, Prince is the, John. Wait, is that of, the Braveheart? Yeah, exactly. King? Yes. Okay. So and then we have know. Prince John of, of Robin right. Hood fame, and you have, of course, Eleanor and 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 Henry. Uh, so a lot of these things, you got the Crusades that are brought in, and and all this goes on. I mean, what an incredible period in history! Uh, but it's a very also a very funny show. I mean, it's it's just very extremely funny. well. Di- uh, the dialogue is very well written. The- a line that I absolutely love, Eleanor says to, uh, I believe it's it's her sons in the in the in the wine cellar. It's eleven eighty three. We all have knives. We're barbarians. I mean, come on, that's funny. <laughs> it is. We're it barbarians. Is. <laughs> You know. It's pretty funny. And Eleanor of Aquitaine was originally, this is, and, and this is real, it, it's historical. She was the Queen of France when she met Henry. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was married to Louis. Yeah. And she, she took three months and annulled him as soon as she saw him coming down from the north from Paris with a, well, a mind like <laughs> Aristotle and a form like mortal sin. Yeah, okay. That's the line. That's one of the lines. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's she, it's saucy. It's a, it's a little. Mm-hmm. Like even I was, I, I got a little red. <laughs> like, Ooh. But then you're going to love the opening scene. What? No, no, no. Don't tell me anything. No spoilers. Even though like everyone's known this play for except me because it's I didn't see the movie. <laughs> Can I ask you, um, all of you are on stage and off. You can you, you so you, you have a well-rounded. Mm-hmm. What, what would you prefer to do? Would you rather prefer to be on stage or would you rather prefer to be, you know, running the show? Either writing or directing, or oh look, well, everyone's everyone's. Well, like, where lighting is concerned, you know, you got the script in front of you. There is no stress, you know. Once you hang the lights, you know, you push a couple of buttons and it takes care of itself. When you're on stage, you know, one of my favorite expressions: the stage is a lousy place to hide. Oh, oh so that's a good one. you're yeah. there and you're you're open, you're exposed, and uh, uh, fortunately, I've had some great roles over the last couple of years at, at, at Diva, and this King Henry, I mean, it's such an awesome role. I mean, it's just so well-written. Uh, he, he's devious, but he's warm. You know, he has uh, so many facets. He has so many things that, that are happening at the same time. You know, he's he has this love for his sons. He has a love for the queen. He has a love for his uh, mistress. Uh, uh, he's a busy guy. <laughs> 
But how do you maintain the mindset of that? There's because I've never I I can't I can't perform. I'm just a you know a, an egomaniac that just like sits on other ends of microphones. But like, how do you? Because because I'm curious. Like because because of what I do, you know, it, you're 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 molding the performance after it's done. But for what all of you do, you know, to me, it's fascinating. Like, I, I can't be up on stage with a script. I wouldn't know what to do or how to behave. Well, and script, I don't know how to stay there. The script is your guide. You know, you, we study the lines and what the uh, writer had in mind when he wrote, when he put these things down. They spend, they agonize over every word. And so you sit down there and you analyze and you try to figure out, you know, what the uh, playwright had in mind when they, were, we were, when they were writing this. You know, it's almost like a roadmap. You know, it's your GPS and then, of course, it, the director of the piece, um, it's their vision of what they want to see as far as what the set looks like and what the costuming looks like. Uh, the director is involved in in the lighting and in the sound. Uh, we're very fortunate because we have a young woman who is going to come in and play a period instrument during the show. A lute? A lute. It's, yeah. it's, yes. Holy crap. I was right. <laughs> <laughs> That never happens. So it's something, uh, another added element that huh. that you don't normally see. I mean, is it? It's expected though. Before, right? The the loot. I can't believe I said that right, Lawrence. I'm gonna get a high five later. I don't know what you mean by expected. like. I mean, is it, like, is it is is like somebody like they're playing as they come in, like as the audience comes in, or is it just like? Oh, and we've here integrated we go. her right into the show. Oh, she's in the show. She's in the see, show. that's what I was trying to she's, get. Yeah. She's integrated into the show, which goes to Rich's point before about. Why Diva is so successful, because there's an integration of art in every form all the time. So it's, it, you know, there, we're, we're doing a, a women's event, for example, later this week, Mark, for example. We have one of the artists who is a very well-renowned sculptor who created a piece of artwork, a, a piece that women in our community are, are being issued a challenge about this piece of art and how can this piece of art benefit the arts in general and diva in particular and how can you be a part of what we're doing it's it's amazing it's amazing to watch how this has all happened and even the fact that there's somebody who's going to be playing the lute during the lion in winter who actually has her did her thesis i believe in this particular period I mean, really? Yes. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's it's connecting those dots that makes what we're doing so exciting. The show is fabulous, but it's all of the additional elements. It just gives me the chills. I love it. So we've incorporated, we have music, we have the actors, we have the technical, we have visual artists that are making uh, the uh, coat of arms for the both houses yes. in tapestry. We have... Another visual artist painting the set around the edge of the set in period paint. Mm -hmm. We have another artist who is actually creating Henry's crown as we speak. Mm -hmm. Really? Yes. Yeah. Rachel Barada. Oh, Rachel's doing it? She's that? doing mm -hmm. a fabulous job. Yeah. Okay. Can I ask one, one more question and then you guys can yell at me and ask all your questions? Do you feel as performers and creators that when an audience comes in and they watch the show, obviously you want them to have a good experience mm -hmm. and, and talk about it. Is there some, is there sometimes when, you know, cause people can be critical, especially mm -hmm. in our day and age. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe even I'm guilty of it too, where I don't realize all the work that's behind the scenes and how long of prep and how long you have to, it takes you to get into character and to understand the psychology of the character. Do you find that that's unappreciated sometimes? Or do you find that if, if everything goes well and nobody worries about it, then your job's done? Then we did our job. Our job is to make you happy. Our job is to entertain you. And make you think, yes. And, 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 elicit some feeling, whether it's joy or sadness or whatever it is. They don't need to know what we do to put that. Our job is to make you happy for two hours. They don't need to know that, you know. 
It was eight months of oh, crown making. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, sure. To give the audience an experience, uh, there are times in the show when, 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 the, when the audience laughs spontaneously over a joke, you get that instant feedback. On the other side, if it's a dramatic moment and you hear not a person breathing in the, in the audience, you get that instant feedback and it's a rush. Are you all, are you all cognizant of that? Oh. Those yes. moments? Aware. Absolutely. So you're, you know that. Absolutely. So you, it, it, that's mm-hmm. a. Okay. That's one of mm-hmm. those terrifying and, and exciting things about live theater, isn't it? When you, even as an audience member, I, I attend as an audience member, and I'm always very aware of how I'm reacting to the actors. Mm-hmm. Are you, do you really I, do I really think about it, and I think about how everybody around me is, especially when people are talking mm-hmm. during a scene mm-hmm. or Who does that? at their phone. Sometimes it happens. And I get very self-conscious because it's like, do I, as an audience member, say, hey, stop, knock it off? Mm-hmm. Or what is what is the proper protocol there? I'm kind of curious as an expert. Maybe you could help me with that. Well, Lauren have, wants to know who she can fight at the theater. <laughs> I have to tell you that we've been very fortunate. But just recently, um, I believe it was two or three different Broadway plays, the actors literally stopped performing, walked to the end of the stage, which is the apron Wasn't of the that stage. Wasn't that Patty Lapone did that? Patty Lapone Oh, I saw that, yeah. Yeah. And um, I know stuff about theater. And Nathan they, Lane is famous and Nathan for Nathan Lane, and Nathan Lane walked to the apron, and he stopped everything, and he looked out to the audience, and he said, do you want me to get that for you? I saw him <laughs> in a funny thing happen on the way to the forum in the 90s. It is amazing to me. Um, we're good here because I always address the audience before. Mm-hmm. Uh, you tell them, no. Always. You set the rules. Yeah, I, I tell them there's rules. This is the way it is. And we do it with humor, but we let them know that yeah. if their phone goes off, the phone police will come and get them. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't there that one with Hugh Jackman and Daniel Craig? Where they were doing something like yes. Death of a Salesman and yep. somebody's phone just mm-hmm. kept going off yep. mm-hmm. and Daniel Craig went crazy? Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but in character, he in went character. crazy? Yeah. All right, so what's the, what's the details? Because I know you guys have rehearsal tonight. We do. So who's... Who's all in it besides the amazing three here? Okay. I'm Who's all in involved? It. I'm not in it. Paige, you're always in it. I'm the producer. Your spirit's always there. It, well, that's true. Yeah. Um, because I am the artistic director. I'm always there watching yep. and making sure that everything is in everyone's happy and everybody has what they need to have. Um, Paul Gallo is the director. Helen, of course, is uh, Eleanor of Aquitaine. And Bob is uh, King Henry. And then the three sons, uh, Richard is played by Eric Lutz, a wonderful actor, a uh, local actor from Scranton. And then the next son is Jeffrey, and he's a newcomer, and his name is Keith. And uh, this is his first time on stage, and believe me, you would never know it. He's that good. Natural? A natural. Oh, he's so fabulous. He is. I, I love working with yep. him. And I don't then, like naturals. And then the they make la- it harder for me. The youngest son is um, one of my uh, drama students from Old Forge High School, uh, Robert, and he uh, just just turned seventeen. So this is the first time that he's worked in anything other than a high school play. Is it different for him? It's very different because he's on stage <clears throat> with people who have 20, 30, 40 years under their belt. They. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so, what a learning experience for him. You know, we always say that even if you are not as experienced, you pull your performance up because you don't want to be the weak one on stage. <laughs> Wait, doesn't Jason Muse have that story where he memorized all of Dogma because he heard Alan Rickman was going to be in it? Hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember him saying that. I just, yeah, like, that's a go. funny little aside. So, all right, when's the, what then, are the details? And then also, oh, we, we don't want to forget do, about Elise. We don't want to forget mm-hmm. about Who's Elise. Elise is... Uh, Henry's mistress. Why is this guy so complicated? He's complicated. He's a king. He's a king because he can. And With Elise, great power. Yeah, Elise is played by Catherine Bondi and she is phenomenal. And then there is King Philip who is Elise's brother uh, and he's the king of France and he is being played by Peter Miles. P- Peter Miles. I always get the name wrong. So it's... <laughs> It's a it's a great cast and they're doing a fabulous job and um, it opens on December the third, which is a Thursday, which is something new for us. Um, but because it's the holiday, we had to work around people's schedules, so we're opening on a Thursday. Why is it usually Friday? We usually open on Fridays. Okay, we do Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But this year, uh, this show a little bit different. We're opening on a Thursday, the third, and then Friday the fourth at eight p.m. 
And then on the 5th, which is Saturday, we're doing a late matinee at 4. No Saturday evening performance because three members of our cast would like to go to their Christmas party. <laughs> and after all, this is community theater and you have to work around people's needs, wants, like they're, and desires. Like, like the company Christmas party? Yes. Half of the cast works for the same company. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's community welcome theater. To, welcome to Northeast PA. It, it's, <laughs> it's community theater. That's that's Krampus knocked. That's yeah, the fifth, that, right? That's right. Yeah. Yes. And then- You're such a nerd. On the next weekend, uh, 11, 12, and 13, it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday, Saturday, of course, is at eight. Uh, regular Sunday matinee at two. Uh, it's $12, $10 for students and seniors. And uh, as I always like to say, it's a worthy show. And as I always like to say, not only is it worthy, but if anyone wants reservations, I would suggest that they call right away because it will be sold out. Yeah. It will sell out. And so it, it, in it, total, there's six performances? Yes. Wow. Yes. Ah, you guys do it. I can't do it. I have too much fear. <laughs> <laughs> but seating is limited because, you know, you've been there. It's a, it's a small black box theater. What's it, 50, 60? 60 seats. Mm-hmm. All right, we're all going, right? Oh yeah, you're gonna do an article, take photos, sure, and I'll just I'll just complain about it on social media yeah. where I'm like, I'm so scared. I told you, you know my fears about mm -hmm. theater, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've been trying live. to get Mark to do a little theater for years. You know my fear, right? No, I just I get, scared to death. Did you ever see? Did you ever see the Kirby enthusiasm where Larry David forgot his lines when he was mm -hmm. doing the producers? Mm -hmm. That's what I feel like all theater is. <laughs> Where like you're in the audience and like you feel uncomfortable because if somebody's talking or somebody's like doing anything, I'm so concerned that somebody's going to forget a line. Somebody's not going to hit their mark mm -hmm. where you don't get a take two. Mm -hmm. oh. It scares the crap out of me. This is why you do video. Yeah. And it's very, hey, did you get it? No. Let's do yeah. it again. And no one will know. And that's what people, people who, who start out in theater and in, in live performance theater, we tell a story from beginning to end. Now, all of us have worked, you know, we need the commercials or, yeah. or film or whatever. And it's, it's a hard transition for a stage actor to go to do a film because you're just used to telling the story from the beginning to the end, you know, and in a film you shoot scene 17 and mm -hmm. in then the morning, scene two and, and then, then scene two, yeah. and then they watch the dailies and they don't like 17. So you go back and you do 17 again. So yeah, we don't do <laughs> That's that. That's an option. Stage. Yeah, <laughs> we don't do that on stage. If the budget allows it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When the lights go up, you're on. Mm -hmm. And God help you. If you forget a line, you have to have enough faith and trust in your fellow actors that they will guide you. They will get you where you need to be. Are you going to do your cue thing? Mm -hmm. Do it. Right now? Yeah. Because I want to hop in. Okay. We're doing a little segment where... I'm going to ask you some really quick questions. You have three seconds to respond the first thing that comes to your mind. Oh, boy. We'll just go down the line. Whoever has an answer first can go right ahead and blurt it out. Okay. Okay. Ready? We don't have music yet for this. We have to record the intro music, but we haven't gotten there yet. It's going to be awesome. It's not going to be copyrighted. No. Endless money or endless food? For the rest endless of the Endless food. Bob? Oh, I say endless food. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Really? Yeah. Absolutely. We're all food. Well, you can live without money. But you could mm -hmm. buy food with the money. Sorry, Lauren. They were, that was the answer. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Talking Num to one who loves to eat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Number one thing on your Christmas list. Love. Family. Food. <laughs> <laughs> you could have dinner with any historical figure throughout all of history, who would it be and what would you be eating? Right at this very moment, I would like to have dinner with Eleanor of Aquitaine. And what would you be eating? I believe um, Henry's vitals on a bed of lettuce, <laughs> which is a line from the show, so God forgive me. Wow. Well, I'd like to dine with, with Lincoln. I'd probably have something like a like a steak or something back then. Um, we just did um, a, a, a Lincoln show, and it still stays with me. I'm too shallow for this. Uh, I, you know, for me, it would be uh, Helen Hayes or the Barrymores or... Um, um, I don't know, maybe Gene Sachs or, you know, a, gr a great director, a great producer. That's, that's because I would just want to pick their brain. 
What are you eating? Well, what would an actor eat but ham? (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's it? That's mine. All right, you guys got to go to your rehearsals. I know you do. I appreciate all your time. and, and, And God, don't ever stop. Whatever you're oh, doing, you, I don't think people like us ever retire. So we just we just keep true. we just keep going. Bob and I tease all the time that we're going to retire. We're going to retire, and then we just laugh because most people retire so they can do what their passion is and what what they want to do with the rest of their lives, and we already have that. So I just hope I'm you know <laughs> that when I'm directing, I'm not saying does that who am I and where am I going? <laughs> you know, just dress me up in a costume and let me roam the theater. I, I want you to go to stage right. Yeah. What did I just say? Yeah, exactly. I believe it was stage right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's awesome. I well, I'm going to be there. Are you going to be there? Sure. Lauren, I'm definitely going. Are you going to all six shows? No. <laughs> <laughs> to critique, you're like. The six o'clock was different from the eight in this respect. <laughs> I don't want to take up a seat that somebody else could be having. There yeah, but go. it's money still. You yeah. wouldn't, would you? No. I don't want comp tickets. I want to pay for it. <laughs> Let me just ask one more serious sure. question. Sure. Having worked outside of the area mm-hmm. and then worked here mm-hmm. with the with the local arts community, what noticeable differences have you seen in, in, the, in the Northeast PA theater performing arts community. I said this since the day I, I saw my first show here and started uh, meeting the actors. I have never seen more talented individuals in one area. And, and I, I mean, I, I, I've seen work in New York and in Boston and, you know, I've done some film work and yes, they're talented, wonderful people in their own right, but per capita, per square mile. And I, I laugh and I say to everybody, it's got to be the coal dust. I don't, I don't understand it <laughs> in every art form, not just in acting, not just on the stage, visual artists, musicians, poets. We have fabulous poets in this area. So, uh, yeah, it's a treasure trove. And from my standpoint, um, uh, the, you know, having done shows like in Philadelphia and and, and uh, in Rhode Island and all, the, the actors I work with here are very giving. You know, they give you an awful lot to play off of. You know, they give you the 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 motivation to for whatever your character is doing, but they they give you enough that you can draw energy from them, uh, not just the audience, but with with the other actors on stage. They genuinely contribute to the overall uh, uh, feel of the show and the uh, um, and they are dedicated oh yeah what all jokes aside it's not coal dust what do you really think it is I think it's based in history and I mean this is just my theory I have nothing to base on other than my my own little brain I think in any community that has had it tough. You are poor, hardworking people. You have to create your own entertainment because you can't afford to go to the opera houses and the Philharmonic or whatever was offered. In Scranton and Northeastern PA was so important in the vaudeville circuit because I know people are going to go, oh, she's wrong, but I'm not. (laughs) The saying is, if you can make it in Scranton, you can make it anywhere. It's not New York, it's Scranton. Because the vaudeville stages in Scranton were the last stages before they went into New York. And if you bombed here, you didn't go to New York. And do you think that came through with the generations? Absolutely. We're seeing it, Mark, every day. Mm -hmm. The most beautiful thing that I see in in working with Diva is the cadre of young talent that is emerging now. I know it's cellular. I know it's based in history. I'm from northeastern Pennsylvania. You know how it is. And we yeah. I think that we love to nurture it and we resp- we our community respects the process. We respect the process. And there's something about the arts that's when, I mean, it's different in business. I've been running a business for 30 years. It's different in business. There's um, uh, uh, healthy competition and that kind of thing. 
in our arts community, we support each other and we cheer each other on. We respect each other's talent. And I don't know what it is. I think it's about the creative process. And I also think it's what Paige said. I mean, we had to duke it out in this market to be heard in the first place. How about that? For for uh, uh, having a voice in the community and the art and and the artists in our community, just we really all know that we have a voice, and probably our voices are really we know that they're respected. We know that they're they're needed. So mm-hmm. when you have that kind of passion and you put it together. You've got something good. And you know, when people are moving into an area, and I can say this because we are not from Scranton, <clears throat> they ask these questions. How are the schools? <laughs> That's the number one. And the second one, what is there for um, the arts? That's the second question. Always? Mm-hmm. Always. Your community rises and falls on education and arts. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have to change the world. We're trying. One piece at a time. You know, just like a quick observation. You know what I, I, I can't draw. I can't sculpt. I can't paint. I can't play an instrument. And most of the time I support, I think subconsciously, and I'm just realizing it right now. You know, like you know, theater theater just gives me a, a fright from, from everything. But I, and I'm just thinking about it right now. I'm like, I think I support that because I want to see it mm-hmm. or I want to hear it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not like, ah. This coming from one of the most talented men I know. You, Ooh. Mark. No. You're, no, seriously. You, you, you're, 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 <laughs> I, my parents lucked out you're, somewhere. <laughs> your, appreciate, your appreciation for the arts is based on on what you ha- what you're bringing to the table too. I mean, I've seen you do it. I've seen you. How many times have we worked on commercial I, production I just, together? I just, I just never thought about it that way. But yeah. it's, it's it's art. You create art. Well, I try to explain to people. I'm like the guy, you know, the, the person who just designed everything down at at, at, at IKEA. That's the name of the place. The furniture store. Yeah, where everything's the, named after Swedish meatballs. The, yes, they have meatballs right. there. Yeah, they're delicious. But like that person's an artist. Like they had to come from concept to completion and think about mm-hmm, it and, right. and engineers and mathematicians. But like we, they're all artists. But yes. Yes, they are. You know, in a in a strange, you the, know, the non-traditional ge- way. The gentleman that, that builds our sets is an artist. Brilliant mm-hmm. artist. He he creates furniture that is I mean, it, I can't even describe it. He's a it. creative problem solver. Absolutely. And so we, are you. And, and that's, I think that's the definition. <laughs> it's true. And then there's the final product, whether it's a commercial or a play or a painting or a poem. It, it doesn't matter. It's art. You guys are freaking inspiring. And the nice thing about Diva is you provide both the collaborative arts and the more individual arts. So... It's definitely one of those great things. And you're helping to raise the property values in the neighborhood. So thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I never thought of that, but you're welcome. (laughs) Lauren's coming at it from an economic development point of view, too. And you know, the the arts is an economic development Mm -hmm. engine. Um, And when young families move into the area and they ask those two questions, if we didn't have the art family that we have in this area, I think a lot of young families would think twice about moving in. Mm-hmm. You got to educate your kids and you have to entertain your children. Well, you also have to give them a creative outlet. Yeah, absolutely. And not everyone can, you know, and I'm not knocking sports because, you know, I'm I'm a big sports fan. Helen can attest to this. Because you should have seen her watching the Patriots game. I can't even begin to tell you how crazy she got yesterday. <laughs> crazy, crazy. Damn you, Brady. Uh, I was nervous. Nine, <laughs> nine and oh, that's all I'm saying. Um, <laughs> but I love sports. I love my football. I love my baseball. But every kid can't play baseball. Every kid can't play football. And they have to have something to make them feel good. Mm-hmm. And it's our job to make these kids feel good. So if you can't play ball, come and play with us. A line in winter, December 3rd, 4th, 5th, and 6th. Nope. No? Yes. Yes. No. No. Three, four, five. This is a great ping pong match we just <laughs> had right here. Three, four, five. Because <laughs> there's no Sunday. Sun- the first oh, that's week. correct. Right. Yeah. Then 11, 12, 13. Okay. And we're on Facebook. Diva Productions. At the Old Brick. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. 
there'll be a an events page put out and uh, call the theater. It's uh, I think well, you do Facebook messages too, right? I do for sure. Yeah, yeah. This is awesome. I love you guys. We love you, Mark. Yay! Thank you. This was thank fun. you so thank much. You. Wait until thank the next you. one. When's the next play? Uh, January. Oh, you're gonna love this. January. Wait, is this like a spoiler thing? We, is this like an announcement? Yeah, nobody knows this. Oh, can we do it? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Um, every January since we opened the brick, um, we do one X, little short, mm-hmm. you know, ten minute, ten page things. And this past season was very heavily uh, male uh, roles in the place. Um, so. The women were saying, hey, hey, how about us? And so what we're doing is we are doing the, sh- the short plays in January, all women in the cast, all women directors. No way. Yes. And some women playwrights. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll be at that one, Mark. Well, because I'm a man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the men already had their time. Let's give it to the women. Yep. Got to keep everybody happy. You have to. Are you excited about? I'm very excited because did we you guys have, start prep on that yet? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, the plays are coming in, and then I send them right off to the play reading committee, and uh, they decide what we're going to be able to do. And uh, I'll have a meeting with all the women directors in probably the next couple of weeks, and they will choose what pieces they want to do. We'll have casting, and then we're in rehearsal. That's awesome. Anything else? That's it. Thank you so much. Thank you. You guys are the best. Good luck at rehearsal tonight. No, no, we don't say that. Ever. Break a leg. Mark. It's break a leg. Thank you. Thank you. I thought thought you're not supposed to say that. No, no. no, You say that. Or murd. Merit Merit is for dancers, though. Oh, I'm sorry. No, merit is for dancers, and that is isn't that a curse in French? Yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's mild. You just don't say that what that phrase. The GL one. Oh, break a leg. Thank you so much. Even though I hope you don't. Physically. Next time we do a podcast, I'll explain to you why that is yeah, said. Yeah. Paige, you got to school me. Not a problem. All right, cool. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. Thank you. Thank you.